to a very different fifth one here on Strikes Our Fancy. Uh, I think this is going to be the first time that we have not had Craig. No, actually, it's the second time because second. we did one, another fifth one. That was planned, though. This yeah. one, this one is a uh, spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. Right. Yep. Unfortunately, Craig. Well, he couldn't make it. Some illness. And it kind of ties into to the topic of the night. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So today I was thinking a good topic might be how difficult it is to get a group of adults, maybe anybody, but I only really have the experience with adults, uh, how difficult it is to get people together for board games or tabletop role-playing or really anything. Rob, we're, we're adults. We have lives. We have jobs. I don't care. And illnesses. I want to play D and D with you. Come on, man. I want to know what happens at the Witchlight. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and nothing's happening so far. <laughs> so what's a uh, what's what's your stance here? What's your, what's your well, big before, rant? Before we get going, oh. I am Ramblin' Rob, and uh, as always, I have Cat Colin Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not really related to the topic today, but no, okay, it'll no. work. <laughs> so yeah it is hard it's it's really hard and as a person who's kind of forever a dm it it often falls to me to get everybody together set times and everything you're the one wrangling like sending out the texts and sending out when the when to do's yeah i i did hear a uh i, I heard an interesting theory about that that every group if you want to play anything with a group of people, you need to have a captain. And that usually does fall to the DM. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be. And I've kind of noticed you're running a D&D campaign for us right now, kind of. It's sporadically. <laughs> yeah. And I've kind of noticed that I don't say anything. That doesn't happen. You're you're my you're my co-captain there. Yeah, right. <laughs> But yeah, you just need someone who is going to get everybody together and find a time that works. I think uh, I think there's a sense of like who is who is really actually interested in playing, and mm-hmm. you don't feel like as well for me personally, like as a DM, I'm like, do I really want to bring this up again? You know that type of thing. Yeah. So it, it it feels a little bit better to have a player to to bring up like, hey, when we playing? And I'm like, yes. Sure. <laughs> so it feels a bit better. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that is great. Never had that. I don't know what that's like. Um, <laughs> no, that's not that's not entirely fair. I did at one point, very very early when I first started DMing, we did like a trial campaign kind of thing. Lasted three games, and then it was done. Mm. And we set it aside. We the next few times we got together, we played board games, we did other things. And after I don't know, maybe three or four months, someone asked me, "Hey, are we going to play D anD D again?" And you know what? Mm, that felt great. <laughs> that is that is quite the choice feeling. It was is better than getting married. Better than the wedding day, Rob. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. And I did invite my wife. To defend herself, and she didn't want to come. So, <laughs> so that's that's just the truth of the matter. Now it's the truth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what was the game you guys were playing? Well, so we started off playing kind of a custom. You know, it wasn't really a campaign. Mm. It was 
I decided, hey, I want to play D&D. So I made a dungeon, made an excuse for everybody to be in it. Or You made a dungeon? Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I, I used one of those tools to kind of map it out, and then I yeah. populated it with crap. <laughs> so I didn't really make a dungeon. Is that typically easier for you to do, or do you love the modules that that's presented to you? I, I love the modules. I find I if I try to create from scratch, I get really bogged down in the details. <laughs> Every time I start like designing a dungeon, I, I end up thinking, oh, it'd be really cool if there was uh, like a switchback hallway here. Oh, yeah. But why would that be in a building? Who would build that? <laughs> and then I have to like come up with this elaborate backstory on why it is. <laughs> And suddenly it's like three and a half hours later, and I'm still working on one hallway. The hallway. <laughs> <laughs> and then you better like put it in the game somehow. Otherwise, it's all for naught, right? Like right. they better find like a parchment paper, like, oh, there's a history of the building here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of this, not the building, this particular hallway. <laughs> you enter a hallway and you see a fresco on the wall. <laughs> Which, you know, that is another kind of a factor in getting everyone together because as much as I hate to admit it, I'm a last minute planner. So to answer your question, modules, for sure. <laughs> they answer those questions for me. Yeah. And when they don't, it's easier for me to say, look, I know there's a reason. I just don't know it. And it, it's usually the satisfying answer for the player. Right. Like they're just like, oh, okay. And they just move on. Yeah. I mean, nobody's ever asked, hey, why is this hallway like this? Yeah. Who built this room? And who would though, right? Like, but but you're just you're as as the DM, you're sitting there like, why does this make sense for me? Mm-hmm. But your players are like, I just want to kill something. Yeah, Where's right. the gold? Yeah. <laughs> That's why we're in a dungeon to find a dragon. <laughs> That's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. So that was your first full, not full, but like three sessions of D anD. d your games, for the most part, have been directed by you. Like, you're the one sending out the text. You're the ones making sure things are on the rails. Yes, uh, almost entirely. Occasionally, if there's, you know, a long gap where nobody can make a game for a few months, if I if I don't say anything, somebody might show up asking, hey, are we going to get back together with this? But... Yeah, I find, at least for me, I'm kind of our team captain. Yeah. Um, Now, when Craig, he was running a game for us, he really did take the initiative. And we kind of planned, I think it was every Thursday or every other Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And I find having that loose plan is kind of a good idea. I think for the next game that I run, I'm definitely going to do a... I'm definitely going to, like, set a schedule and maybe we don't hit it every single time, but I'm even going to tell everybody who's playing like, Hey, let's plan this day, you know, every second Saturday or whatever it is, Mm. you know, let's make that a standing plan. And if you have something more important, you know, obviously go do that, but kind of treat it like you would if you were in like the rotary club or, you know, something important. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like this is a, Think of it as a social obligation. Mm. Yeah, you can get out of it if you like have to go to a wedding or something. Yeah. 
But otherwise, your ass better be in the chair but you and work for it. Yeah. <laughs> plan, plan your week around. <laughs> your life revolves around me now. Yep. <laughs> um, I think part of the reason it worked, too, was it was in the middle of the week for two hours. I think that was his plan. Mm-hmm. Like, two to three hours. was I think, like, two hours was his that was cutoff. Yeah. Which, it was the middle of the week. It was a work day. I think everybody's cutoff was about, like, 10 o'clock. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think having that... that Nice, solidified, we're done now, mm-hmm. you know, was was nice. Right, yeah. And and definitely being in the middle of the week when nobody's going to ask you, hey, you want to go out dancing on Wednesday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hardly anybody's getting drinks on a Wednesday night, you know. Right. I mean, it happens. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> I wish I could do that, but I tend to get carried away. Oh, like, you need to keep going. Like, the, once, oh, yeah. once the train gets going, it's going. Right. Well, you know, I find a lot of times, and, and I think Craig, as a DM, he really manages well, but I find a lot of times about an hour and a half in, that's when everybody gets going, mm-hmm. right? That's that's the prime role, role-playing time. The juices are flowing. The alcohol is flowing, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Not on those Wednesday nights. Not on the Wednesday nights, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you know, everybody's kind of loosened up. We're used to role playing and, mm. and we're doing good. Yeah. So yeah, I need more time. I cannot do a weeknight game because again, I <laughs> I'll never stop. Four hours was I think the uh the kind of the uh the standard, I think, for the Saturday night games with you. Uh right around eight to twelve, eight to one ish or was it about nine to twelve? Uh yeah, it it pretty much varied, but yeah, that was that was probably the usual amount of time, but we regularly went past one, even yeah. two o'clock. Yeah, because I could easily do a six seven hour night. <laughs> Have you ever done like that long of a session? Oh yeah, yeah. My the first group I ever played with it was me, my wife, and then two of our friends, and almost every time it was it was an eight to two a.m. Whoa, yeah, jeez. <laughs> Uh, but it was good because you could do, I mean, you, you could really do like an adventuring day yeah. in that amount of time. You yeah. could do, um, you know, you can have some role playing. You could have a combat or two. Mm-hmm. And it it really, it seems to me that Dungeons and Dragons especially, kind of coming out of the the high school era of let's get together on a Saturday night and play D&D all day. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a lot of that still in its roots. It kind of works well if you do that. Especially for adults, though. It's mostly nights. Yeah. 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 For adults, I think that's one thing that makes it harder. Because uh, if I say to you, like, hey, let's come over and watch an episode of Buffy mm-hmm. and record a podcast about it, that's an easy thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when I say, hey, let's go sit around my table for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> and and hallucinate vividly. Right. And suddenly I've blocked off the majority of your day. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, most of the time I'm not doing anything. So let's let's hallucinate together. Guide me on my on my hallucination. Rob. You got it.
So what do you think is the biggest hurdle for most D&D groups when it comes to the big scheduling problem? Uh, I really think it's just people are tired. (laughs) (laughs) I got shit to do, man. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mentioned before, I'm kind of a last minute planner. Uh, It's because the rest of the week I've got things that need to happen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you get home. After work, you've got a couple of hours, but you gotta, you know, do your laundry, dishes, eat. Life. Uh, right. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> so you're, are you saying if, if somebody texted you at like 6.30 and like, Rob, D&D at seven, would you be there? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to say yes. <laughs> That's a real toughie though. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, uh, especially you know having kids that oh yeah that makes it harder. Now, if I were just a guy living in a like a one bedroom apartment or whatever, had no nobody else in my life, absolutely. Robbie, you need to call me out like that, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Even <got> two bedrooms. <laughs> yeah, if I didn't have work or anything, yeah, for sure I would be there. You could you could text me. Uh, hey, we've got an open seat at the table. We're starting right now. And I'd be like, all right, I'll, I'll get there as soon as I can. <laughs> I got the markers. I got the maps. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, for the most part, whenever we played, it was about a two-year time frame for mm-hmm. Tomb of Annihilation-ish, mm-hmm. two and a half-ish, maybe. It seems like it was pretty, for the most part, consecutive of every other Saturday. Right. Every other Saturday. And I think that was because we kind of planned out, you know, we said, let's think every other Saturday. And then at the end of the session, I would always ask, do you guys think we can make next Saturday or uh, two Saturdays from now? Uh, and, you know, sometimes we couldn't. But I think that was probably really the key mm. was at the end of the session, we plan when the next one's going to be. Yeah. And it was, I think, you know, Two sessions a month is doable, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part. Because that's what it roughly boils down to, isn't it? Just about, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I was on nights at the time. So that's kind of – I had every other weekend off, mm-hmm. supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of worked out for everybody. Right. Well, I think we could have because really before you joined, we were doing a weekly session. Mm-hmm. And then when you started coming in, Craig and Carrie, who were our other two – they still came over the other weekends. We just yeah. did something else. Yeah. Yeah. And that might have been even more of a factor than I think it was that that was kind of our standing date was Saturday at our house, board games, and if Caleb's available, D&D. D&D. Yeah. Which, what would you say to somebody trying to get into D&D? Obviously, this is about, you know, Working around schedules and stuff, but like people who are worried about that, like I don't just don't have the time for D and D. What would you say to somebody trying to get into D and D like that? So I spent a lot of time wanting to play D and D, but never playing it for that exact reason. Uh, it's hard to get people together, and moreover, I didn't know how to play the game, mm. and I was always like hoping for that invitation. It never came. Until, again, I kind of became the team captain. I invited everybody I knew. Mm. Um, I think I invited like 14 people 
to my first game. Four showed up. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, well, let me, let me rephrase that. Two showed up plus me and my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're looking to get into D&D and you don't have a group, you can't find a group, you live in a small town or whatever, you got to become the captain. You have to steer the ship. People want to try. I People think. do want to try. Absolutely. But kind of one of the hardest jobs. And it does unfortunately fall to the DM a lot, just adding more to their plate. Uh, but one of the hardest jobs is wrangling all the cats and getting them yeah. <laughs> into, getting them into a room together. You, you have the catnip. That's your job. Well, the catnip is all the dice. Yeah. <laughs> it is, uh, People talk about, you know, you get into D&D and you buy all, you start buying that. You really do. Like, mm-hmm. I just got into it and I went to this, to the gaming store and I bought like three dice, three dice oh, yeah. sets. And I was like, it's just so nice. They're so pretty. Right. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, I had to stop. Um, <laughs> because at one point I bought a pound of dice. It's, it's a product <laughs> that Chessex sells. And it's just, I think it's like all their rejects or, yeah. you know, the, the dice that are good enough, but they couldn't put them in a set for whatever reason. And that's why, that's really why I have so many <laughs> dice is because I bought two of those, mm. put them together because I wanted to have, again, team captain, I wanted to have dice. So if someone shows up and they forgot everything, at yeah. least they've got dice and I've got pencils. Mm-hmm. And that's really all you need, dice and pencils. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, unless you want to play the same character you've been playing. <laughs> That's why I usually I try to collect everybody's character sheets mm-hmm. so they stay with the game. Yeah. Did you know that of the 14 invited that only two were going to show up? Or did you expect more? I was hoping for more. Yeah. But I knew not everybody would show up. Mm-hmm. Especially when nobody RSVP'd. Yeah. I, yeah. I invited more than I could reasonably handle with the knowledge that they wouldn't show. Which, as somebody who's DM'd a couple games, starting with three players and a DM Mm -hmm. is probably perfect. Yeah, (laughs) things move quickly, but you get to see how the game works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because I think my first game was seven to eight players. Oh, my God. And it was hectic. But at least you had played at that point. I had played, and I I knew what I was doing-ish. Yeah. But it was, it just takes so long. It does, especially <laughs> combat. Is that something that was on your mind when you was like, I just want to roll some dice and kill things? Or was it the story that kind of drew you? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, so I was planning to be the DM. So I wouldn't be doing the killing, really. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd have to say it probably really was the story. Mm. Well, the DM never plans to kill anybody. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But I must say, I do like rolling dice. <laughs> how how often do you fudge dice? <laughs> or is this man, too much I, past the screen? I can't tell you, man. Okay, okay. Uh, no, I, I do fudge dice. Uh, <laughs> and some people would probably say I do it too much. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll fudge dice if it's narratively interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes... I do even fudge dice against the players. Mm. I think most DMs, when they think of fudging dice, they think, oh man, that's going to be a killing shot. Let's, let's make that 
a uh, a fifteen, so or uh, instead of a twenty, you know. Yeah. But uh, no, I've definitely had a. I've had a few where it's like the last enemy, and the the battle went a lot quicker than <laughs> I thought it would. So that last guy, uh, he starts hitting pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I do find that frequently. As a DM, I roll much higher than I do on the other side of the screen. <laughs> do you use different dice? Uh, no. <laughs> That's just how the cookie crumbles. That's just how what it happens. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. Do you fudge dice? All the time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Especially when I was... I uh, I worked with uh, two women, and I they were stuck in the room with me for 12 hours. So I, was, I forced them to play... Uh, one one module with me, or like, it was a session. Caleb, I think that's called kidnapping. A little bit, a little bit. They, there was no chains involved, but if they left, they wouldn't get paid. So that's kind of same thing. Um, one of them was clearly not into it, <laughs> but the other one was 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 right there with me. So that was that was nice. At least she gave it a shot. Right? Exactly, exactly. That's all you can ask for. And I brought dice. I brought the whole nine, and um, it, them never having played before. It was all, it was like, they didn't, you got to guide your new players, you know, because mm-hmm. they're just like, what can I do? Yeah. Especially if you're with an entire group of new players where they don't get to see others and kind of form an opinion on what they should be doing. Yeah. yeah. What they can do. Mm. And I've always uh, took what Craig told us, which is you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You know, right. which doesn't help at all. By the no. way, <laughs> but uh, it's, that was kind of the mantra. I would tell them, and then I'll try to lead them somewhere different. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't much to fudge that time. Sure, but for the game with like eight people, I would fudge in favor of the monsters half the time because they're just railing against the monsters. Mm-hmm. There's eight of them, so like they're gonna kill these things pretty freaking fast. Right. You know, one. Um one thing that I've heard that's been really helpful is when that's happening, bring in some reinforcements. Oh yeah. Because especially fifth edition D and D it is all about the action economy Mm. and he who has most turns (laughs) is going to win that battle. Yeah. Yeah. You go by the module, what the module tells you and it's, it's all suggestions. Mm -hmm. So like, I gave their highest suggestion, and there was still not enough. Oh, yeah. So, obviously, I I didn't even think to add more. And part of me thinks it comes off a little forced, like, here comes more, you know? (laughs) But that's just my own personal. Yeah. So Sometimes I try to do a trick where one enemy tries to run away Mm. to get reinforcements. That never works. (laughs) Because inevitably, if someone starts running away... All the players gang up on that guy. Because <laughs> they know what's happening. You don't let one get away. It's true, yeah. <laughs> well, but I think even if they're clearly just running away because they're scared and they don't want to be there. You still kill them. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no matter what, every group devolves into murder hobos <laughs> when someone tries to get away. Have you ever tried to not let that happen? Or is it just... It, it's just inevitable to not let the players just start to kill stabbing. Everybody. Yeah. Um, 
there have been a few times I think where yeah I, I've someone tries to attack an enemy and I say are you sure this guy looks pretty strong or <laughs> hey if you do that you're gonna alert everybody else around yeah. but for the most part uh, despite the fact that once combat starts everybody is extremely stabby yeah. I find that players try to avoid combat yeah. quite easily. Um, I remember one <laughs> one encounter, and I struggle to say that. Um, it was <laughs> it was like maybe two sessions before you joined our last game. And Craig's character opened a door, and he saw a skeleton in in a room that was like harvesting fungus. Mm. But his back was turned, so the skeleton didn't see them open the door. So he's just working away, and if they would have gone in, it would have been a combat encounter. Mm. But since they could get away with it, they just closed the door and went <laughs> up. <laughs> like, they just completely skipped over yeah. that room. And who knows? You know, there might have been something good in there. Well, also, what's that? They were probably first level? Yeah, that was you very You can die early. by a skeleton pretty right, easily. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one skeleton can kill three players <laughs> if, if it rolls lucky. <laughs> and that's, uh, obviously that's not the goal for that first session. No, not at all. As your cat wrangler, or as the cat wrangler for for your players, what is your goal for meetings a month? Is it just two? Would you like more? Like, what what's your goal? I mean, if it were me, we'd be meeting three or four times a week. <laughs> uh, I, I love role playing games, and it, it wouldn't even have to necessarily be the same game. Like, it could be anything. Yeah. But no, really, my ideal would be a standing weekly game. And that way, if somebody can't make a game, then it doesn't suddenly become a month between sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause that's always the worst is when you're planning a bi-weekly game and someone can't make it for whatever reason, mm. then, well, it's been a month now. And then, Oh yeah. Now something else has come up and now you're two months out. Yeah. So, I like to try to do a weekly game, but I find a bi-weekly game is just much easier to do. Yeah. Uh, and I'd ask you the same question, but I don't think <laughs> you do a lot of the wrangling. No, not really. Um, I think we've had four sessions, mm-hmm. two in the spring, two in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> what would be your ideal though? Honestly, it would be similar, probably a weekly game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I also think a lot of people get overwhelmed socially mm-hmm. with uh, role playing games, right? In the sense that, like, you know, I think some people they have to put on the social face kind of all day, and then they have to come and do it at night, even if it's with your friends. I think sometimes it's a little difficult to kind of sure. keep that up. So I think it, it works for me because it's a different face. Yeah. <laughs> 
No, you're, you're absolutely right. It, it can be exhausting. And even if you love it and you're just a player, you're not, you're not even the DM. There's still a lot to keep track of. There's still a lot that you have to know and plan for. You know, if you're a spellcaster, you've got to know your spells. Uh, even if you're not a spellcaster, if you're a martial character, there's just there's a lot to know. There's a lot to think about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you miss anything, your game's probably, you know, cut in half just because you didn't know how to utilize your character well enough. Not to poo-poo role-playing games. It is a lot of work. I mean... To kind of maintain. But that's not a bad thing either. Because, I mean, if you're passionate about it. Right. And I think it's definitely interesting work. Mm. Um, and, and I've said it before, and I'll continue saying it. It's why I love being a DM. Because I really, as much as I recognize that it is work, uh, it doesn't feel like that to me. Yeah. Um, and for me, it feels like when I'm, even when I'm not playing the game, I still get to be part of it. Because the whole time I'm thinking about, yeah, what are all these characters doing? What mm. What's going on in the world? And what evil twists can I give my <laughs> players when we get back together? How can I kill each and every single one of these guys? <laughs> or more, more to my plan, <laughs> how do I get this character to turn on the rest? <laughs> Which in my experience, the way you do that is say... Hey, Caleb, do you want to be a traitor? <laughs> and I immediately agree because it sounds so fun. <laughs> you lose a character, but you gain a story. Yeah. <laughs> How many games have you been a part of, kind of in general, for a role play? Not just Dungeons and Dragons, but, uh, you know. Um, that's a good question. You know, sometimes it feels like I live and breathe tabletop <laughs> role playing, but I really haven't played that much um i had a two session game long ago i had then the next next time i ever played anything was when i ran curse of strat for mm. some friends well we started off with a a little homebrew thing but then i bought curse of strat and we played that the next time i played was tomb of annihilation with you guys and then, uh, and that was the longest one. I was saying the longest, the only one that's ever gone to completion. Yeah. And I played a couple of games of Star Trek Adventures and just some other random games. I I really haven't played that much. And for each and every single one of them, you've been the Wrangler. No, that nope, nope. Again, Craig was his Wrangler. Yeah. And some of the games I played online, I've joined, and they fell apart. And I kind of feel like because the GM wasn't wasn't prepared to bring everyone together weekly, and I think that's a lot harder with an online game. Yeah, because nobody takes it as seriously. Uh, even me, I really wanted to play in this game. <laughs> um, it was a Friday night game, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really want to do this right now. Mm. How's that changed things for you? Because we played online for Tomb for about a year due to COVID, but obviously we knew each other. You know, we were all kind of that we had that inherent relationship. How did, how did not having that inherent relationship change for that online game? That's an, that's a hard thing to answer because there were really two things going on there. When, when we transitioned to online, yeah, we were all friends, but also there was nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, like it was a captive audience. Yeah. Um, 
nobody nobody was doing anything else on a Saturday night. So that was actually the longest uninterrupted stretch of bi-weekly games. And for a moment in that time, you were working days and we did play weekly. Yeah. You know, really COVID made it a lot easier. (laughs) Uh, COVID and playing online. So nobody had to, you know, get up and go anywhere. Thank God for COVID. Yeah. (laughs) I I miss it. I miss those COVID, (laughs) those peak COVID days. We need another quarantine. (laughs) Maybe don't put that in. <laughs> <laughs> but so obviously, yeah, COVID affected that in that direction. But you didn't have any affiliation with none of the online folk. Mm-hmm. Those, those those other online folk. Did that have any, have any effect? Like, I have no... no uh, Probably. Uh, there was, um, you know, we we did generate a rapport because we would... Kind of like you do at any tabletop game where you spend the first 30 minutes or so just bullshitting, just talking. And it was actually really great. Uh, it was, uh, we were playing Star Trek Adventures and they were all huge mega fans. Mm. Like guys that went to conventions regularly and, you know, talked to cast and crew. So learned a lot about the show, yeah. um, which was really interesting. And I enjoyed, you know, I enjoyed most of them. There was one guy I really didn't care for. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, you know, we, we did kind of develop a little bit of a friendship, I think. And I think if the game would have lasted longer, it might have worked out. But, you know, one, one person just stopped showing up. Yeah. And then another one, he got another job. And it was, like, a really great opportunity, but he wouldn't be able to make the time. Mm. And I don't know why... Nobody was receptive to the idea of just doing it at a different time. Um, <laughs> Nobody wanted to change. Yeah. At staunchly at against it. Right. Yeah. I, I suggested it so many times. And mostly the GM, he didn't want to change. But everybody else was just like, yeah, whatever. I'm not, I'm not doing a different time. Surprisingly enough, the show about change. <laughs> yeah. The fans of it were resistant. They're like, no. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> then, yeah, we never just could never find another person. So it, there was a point where it was the GM and me and one other. And you didn't want to run for two people. Yeah. So yeah. stop playing. And then eventually the game dissolved. And was that your only uh, experience with an online group that wasn't a prior established group of real life friends? Yeah, that was... I played a a couple of other kind of like pick up one off games. That was the only experience I've ever had with like an ongoing game. I I find all too frequently online games the time is just not good for me. Yeah, and I, I, that's probably a problem with online games because really the GM picks a time. This is the time I'm gonna play. And if you can't make it, you can't make it. Yeah. And I get it because it's not like the GM is coming out and saying, hey, I want to play a game with you guys. Mm. When can we do it? It's the GM saying, hey, I want to play a game. Who's available when I'm available? Yeah. They're, again, there's no, they're resistant to change. They're just like, work with me. I'm not going to work with you. Right. Yeah. Well, and I don't, I, I think that's a, a really uncharitable view 
of what's going on there because it's not like well, I'm unwilling to work with you, mm. but it's really it's more of a who the hell are you? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, again, they're not with an in-person group. You're usually playing with your friends, and those are the specific people you want to play with. Yeah. So let's find a time. When can Caleb come? When mm. can Craig come? Versus, I just want to play a game. Who's when, here when I'm available? When can Romulan Gal 360 come? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares about Rom Gal 360. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, the the atmosphere I think changes a bit with the real life, real friends portion mm-hmm. and the the actual online portion where people are just like random. Did you find that it was more fun just meeting random people or did, do you prefer the real life? I would rather get together with my friends. Mm, Good question. I, I think I would much rather get together with my friends. It is interesting to meet other people that way. And especially you already have something in common. We want to play this game together. Yeah. And and to that end, I think it is a great way to meet people. But, you know, we have in town a new board game shop just opened up and they have space for gaming. Yeah. That would be a great place to try to run a game and meet new people. Yeah. I haven't done it. I'm not that interested. <laughs> You're not that interested in actually going over there and trying it? Yeah. Uh, well, going over there and like running a game to meet people is... <laughs> God forbid, I don't want to meet new people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's always a crapshoot, especially when you're doing it in a physical location. Yeah. Where yeah. kind of who shows up is who shows up and who's going to play with you. Yeah. And uh, what if it's a smelly guy? And, it... <laughs> and you never, yeah, you never know how they're going to react to, to anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had a bad role and they flipped the table. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I think a lot of role-playing games have started addressing those types of issues mm. more frequently. A lot of like the newer D and D books, they'll dedicate a chapter to, well, especially the DM books, they'll dedicate a chapter to handling players. Even uh, Modiphius does it too with, with some of their books where they'll have a chapter on GMing. And it specifically, there are call outs to, understand how your players might react and if you think they're going to react poorly to something either try to avoid that or talk to them about it and make sure they're cool with it yeah but again that gets harder with random people Mm -hmm. that you just met but then you also have on that same token for random people that you just met a lot of games are bringing into actually recently found out roll 20 now has um red cards as just part of the system. Yeah. So it's just a button you click uh, says red card and none of the players can see it except for the GM. The GM sees, Hey, Caleb clicked red card. So if they're receptive to this idea, they, and, and in my experience, a lot of people are, mm. they'll stop the game, go private with that player and discuss, Hey, what, what's going on? Why, why is this not acceptable to you? Why can't we do this? Yeah. And that's really to avoid, um, you know, explicit themes that someone's not comfortable with. <laughs> I actually, um, when you play online a lot nowadays, you'll have to fill out a questionnaire. A lot of GMs do this where they make you fill out a questionnaire. 
and you list like your fears and phobias and what's too far. I was talking to a guy once who he he really takes that seriously and he says seriously put down anything that's not a problem that is a problem with you because he ran a game where the villain was a clown and he you know he thought like oh it's a creepy clown whatever yeah um and you know a lot of people are afraid of clowns but it's not really like a phobia for them but in this one game there was a guy who just could not handle (laughs) even the thought of a clown yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it was it was too much for them yeah so they kind of derailed the game really yeah yeah, because this guy just really couldn't handle it. And you can't really change your big bad kind of halfway right. through. Yeah. So, again, that's where playing with friends really comes in handy because you kind of know how they're going to react to different things. Yeah. I assume you don't have any huge phobias that we don't know about would hurt it. Spiders. But, like, but, if, I wouldn't, like, freak out over a spider in a video right. or in the, in the game. Yeah, I can pull out a spider mini and you're okay. Yeah, I'm not going to be... But, <laughs> if, if you... If you couldn't, that, knowing that would be really helpful. Yeah, in, yeah. <laughs> but I, I laugh about it, but also that is a pretty cool feature that's happening nowadays. You know, like, mm-hmm. hey, mental health is something that needs to be taken care of. And if this will, this this word is overused nowadays and in a derogatory sense, but if this would trigger you, mm-hmm. let's not include it. Right, yeah. What was the clown? Like, what was, how was he the big bad? Oh, I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> I was just uh, it, was, it was just an offhand conversation, uh, but it, it stuck with me that you, you need to worry about what your players can deal with. Yeah. And, and it is kind of interesting because at the time, the GM was using, like, he was using questionnaires and saying, hey, if you have anything that is off limits, let me know. The dude just didn't write it. I don't know if he forgot or he thought it wasn't a big deal, but it wasn't on the list. And dude ended up using a clown and yeah. he just couldn't handle it. So he probably didn't go see it chapters one or two. Probably not. Okay. No. <laughs> now I can make fun of that guy because again, gaming table is not the place. To yeah, it. yeah. And, and again, that is unfortunate that happened. Have you ever had anything like that happen at your own personal table? Whether you were the DM or the player in a real life situation, have you ever had anything like that happen? No, I really haven't. Again, I play with friends. So everyone I've played with has been pretty, you know, nobody has like a real phobia that would stop a game. And I'm not interested in playing like explicit themes or anything like that. So it's for me, it's never been an issue. But have you, you ever? Well, I will say that, like, uh, <laughs> you played with work people. Yeah, and it, we never really got too far. They were all focused on killing things. Yeah, so it was pretty easy. They didn't really get too far into the role play. <laughs> the only like role play specific people I've ever played with were you guys. And I will say that when my character started flirting with the Minotaur. <laughs> 
I was honestly a little worried. I was like, because we we were role playing a little bit, not too explicitly, but we were role playing a little bit as DM and Claire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, I don't want to make Rob uncomfortable with this either. So I try not to do it too much, but there is a bunch of drunk rabble rousers who kind <laughs> of encourage that behavior as well. So I was like, I tried not to to lean too much into it because again, I don't want to make the table uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. I will never get uncomfortable by Minotaur romance. <laughs> uh, and, and if I do, we'll just fade to black. Okay. He's <laughs> like, and we're done for the night. <laughs> and uh, Roland and the Minotaur went off into the bushes. <laughs> and uh, it was a loud and raucous good time. <laughs> I mean, they can't anymore. Roland's dead, mm. uh, unfortunately. So, Or is he, Rob? I don't know. <laughs> well we've been kind of rambling this wasn't exactly i guess my name at the beginning was right yeah yeah uh we we've wound around the subject and brought up other ideas which i guess is appropriate for a fifth one yeah that yeah. we uh just a rambling one i guess mm-hmm. about D D. so do you have any uh final thoughts on Getting everybody together. Catnip. <laughs> um, margaritas? Margar- margaritas, <laughs> most definitely. That is the catnip. Yep. Uh, snacks. Snacks, yeah, snacks are always good. <laughs> and find a signature snack for your table. One of the things I want to point out is Rob and Jody always have the best spread whenever, <laughs> whenever they host anything. So it's Appreciate always awesome. That. I'd always thought that you guys bought it from like a store. But then I saw you guys actually putting it together one night, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, yeah, you guys like you guys are like making it look nice on this on the on the charcuterie charcuterie board charcuterie board. Yeah, I don't know, but I thought that was cool. Yeah, it is store bought. We don't make it though. We don't make our own cheese. (laughs) (laughs) But in all honesty, you need a wrangler. I think that's Mm -hmm. our main thing. You need somebody who's willing to point out, "Hey, it's been six months. Maybe we should play Witchlight around Christmas." Uh, so it has been about <laughs> three months. Yeah, it's been about that time. Yeah, yeah time flies, man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those are my kind of final thoughts too. Yeah, you definitely need a a wrangler. You need someone to set the time. But I think when you start the game, um, it definitely helps to have an idea of how frequently you want to play. I agree um, with that. And. And I think that's where not not to say Caleb, you're you're a piece of shit. Uh, I think that's where we went wrong with with Witchlight was it was a hey, I want to run this next week. Yeah, and then we got together, and there was no plan for a session. It just it, it just happens whenever we're feeling it. Yeah. Whenever we're feeling it, I'm always feeling it. I'm always feeling. <laughs> if only I could get the other players to feel that way, Rob. Mm-hmm. I think we could. <laughs> I think others are feeling it more than you think they are. I guess I'm getting in my own head about it, maybe. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But uh, I would say also that, like, if you ever want to run your own game, just do it. Like, Absolutely. it's not, it's not that. Hard. I mean, it, it's 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 mostly set up. Once you get going, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Just do it. I mean, nobody's going to remember your first session anyway. No. No. They're going to compare you to Matt Mercer relentlessly, but. 
What do you mean you don't do voices? I was just getting ready to say that. <laughs> so, thank you for joining us on this fifth one extravaganza. Uh, I'm still Rob. So, again, I think I hardly ever do these, but I think you can find us on, no, we got rid of Twitter, Instagram at Strikes or Fancy. Uh, our email at strikesarefancy at gmail.com. Yep. And ourfancy.site. Ourfancy.site. There it is. And of course, we always welcome feedback from listeners. We have a new feature from Anchor, anchor.fm. If you find us on there, you can get the link on our website, uh, probably on Instagram too. Hey, this is Craig popping in real quick during the editing process. You can find the link to what Rob is talking about in the details of this episode down below. Click that link. Unfortunately, you got to make a login. But if you do, after that, every episode we make, you can tell us how wrong we are and submit us an audio clip. And we will respond to pretty much anything you have to say for us because we are desperate for engagement. Send us a voice clip. And if we like what you say... Or we really don't like what you say. <laughs> you're going to be featured. Kind of you're going to be, yeah. I mean, pretty much if you record anything, that's a guarantee in. <laughs> but if you have any thoughts, let us know one way or another. We will respond to you. Let us know how you keep D&D games going. That is, that's what this is about. <laughs> so thank you for joining us on this winding fifth one path. I'm still Rob. And I'm constantly... Shit. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> uh, fuck it. I'm Caleb. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs>